pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hello and welcome to the podcast version of this week's One Life Left video games radio show. I'm Simon Byron. I am Steve Curran. So we've just done the show. Um, Steve, you alluded to a tale I'd like to dig a little deeper into here. Okay. If that's okay with you. Of course. Um, we talk about uh, somebody dissing you. <laughs> you, then, you then carrying a vendetta. Yeah. Um, so slight spoilers for the show ahead. Um, it turns out that once uh, Mark Cerny, uh, who um, y- you, know, you may know him as the, as the man that made Marble Madness. You may mm. know him as the man that made Knack. Um, he's done some other bits and bobs. What's his title sure. now? It's like technical director at PlayStation or something like that. Something is like it, that, might, isn't it? Is he? He's in charge of PlayStation, basically. So, and and as Steve mentions in the show, that uh, Mark Sony at one point uh, over the years uh, insulted you in front of other people. So, can you just <laughs> elaborate on that story? What did he say? Who were you in front of? Uh, and how did you respond? I was at uh, the sweet party. Uh, which was a party that used to run at GDC, and it was a unofficial party, but it took place high up in the Marriott Hotel, and it was full of all of the important people in the games industry and One Life Left, typically. And uh, it was great. I had just some of the best times of my life at the sweet party. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant moments. But genuinely, a, a <laughs> an abject low was seeing some of my friends across the other side of the room going to join them and I genuinely don't remember what it was I said but it wasn't anything controversial we I joined the conversation you know and said something and Mark Cerny turned to me and said do you know who I am whoa <laughs> and was this before or after knack because there's a quick, quick comeback there isn't there <laughs> Well, as I said last night at Marioki, what I should have answered, I should have said, no, but do you know who I am? I'm the man who's going to write seven years worth of Marioki songs about you after this point. Um, yeah, so I I replied, yes. And that was that, really. And then a- after, you know, a minute or so, just sort of wandered off. And I, I, I don't remember. But, you know, it lived with me a bit. It was it was just slightly rude and, and low-key humiliating. Um, I didn't realise that that was a phrase that people actually used. <laughs> I remember, I remember um, Daniel Kitson saying at, at a show we went to see him. Daniel Kitson is a stand-up comic, and uh, we went to see him. Uh, me and my friends in Edinburgh, and he told a story about how he was uh, he he was at a uh, going going into a gig, and the guy at the door said, "Do you have a pass?" And he said, sort of unthinkingly joking he said my face is my pass and the guy on the door went oh sorry Daniel and let him in and he just felt mortified (laughs) all night absolutely uh, absolutely devastated then then maybe Mark Cerny has these regrets too now Mm. we don't know do we we've not seen him since well if you do Mark get in touch and uh Uh, and and we'll see what we can do about all of the songs we've written about Mac. What other? Because uh, there were a couple of other incidents where um, a man threatened to push you off the balcony at the sweet party once. Didn't he? <laughs> what happened? No, that what wasn't a, that wasn't at the sweet party. Are you talking about being thrown off the roof? That was. Or is this something else? 
No, he told me that uh, he see, he was a rival of ours. And I, I don't... So my sort of day job was in PR. And I think he'd forgotten that I did One Life Left With You because I think he said to this me that... This wasn't you, at the sweet party. It was. It was high up. It was high up. It was at a roof party at... Oh. Um, I think it was at Gamescom. It wasn't at, at GDC. Oh, okay. So you've never... No one's ever threatened to push you out of the sweet party? No, I've never been threatened to be okay. thrown off the floor of the Marriott. I would remember. <laughs> I, I'd, you, I'd remember. You'd have written a song about it. <laughs> I'd remember. Okay, and then there was... Uh, what else did you see once at the sweet party? There was the orgy incident. <laughs> we haven't got time for that story, I'm afraid, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, sorry, that, that, implies, that implies I had something to do with it, which I obviously didn't. <laughs> Well, didn't we all have something to do with it in a way? I wasn't there. Were you? <laughs> or were you wearing a mask? <laughs> Mark Cerny mask. Um, no, I wasn't because you told me about this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I did, didn't I? Should we, say, should we save that for another intro? Let's do that. Okay, thank you very much for listening to the show this week. Here it comes. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We are a video game radio show and my name is Steve Curran. Hello, I am Simon Byron. How are you, Hello, Steve? Hello, Simon. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Very well. You sound tired. <laughs> Do I actually sound tired or are you inferring this from <laughs> from the way I look as well? Because you can see me on Zoom. Oh, I mean, in my mind, this is an OnlyFans call, whatever they are. <laughs> Uh, I am tired. Uh, I am tired. I've just got back from. Uh, well, I've I, <laughs> I got back yesterday from Nordic Game, um, and then we had Marioki yesterday as well. So two Mariokis in forty-eight hour time span, and I am exhausted, but had a good time at both, and excited to talk about them later in the show. How are you? Are you tired? I am tired, but for no exciting reasons. I've not, I've not been sleeping well recently, and I don't know why that is. Because uh, mm. I've got all the apparatus, as we've uh, discussed. Um, but yeah, no, and I keep having these weird, really weird stress dreams. Um, so yeah, I don't know what's going on there, Steve. Don't know. Mm. I'm sorry to hear that, Simon. Well, maybe this next hour of video game radio is the catharsis you need to settle your mind, settle your dreams, and set you off on a good night's sleep. But what if it isn't? <laughs> then I'm, I have no idea, Simon. Then we're doomed. Okay. Uh, but it's been... Uh, I've, so I've not travelled. I have been busy. I've played an awful lot of games this week, Steve. Oh, More games than I've ever played in one, in one <laughs> week. Good. I've played a couple at least maybe three um one which is very exciting a game simon that i've been waiting i reckon about 20 years to play that was a long queue then (laughs) Uh, well we'll talk about that later later in the show in the review section we'll also have um a letters section or perhaps a letter section uh we'll talk about nordic game which as i said i've just come back from and we will have the news. Have you been doing your research this week? I've got a couple of stories. That's good news, actually, because I've got fewer stories than normal. It's going to be a jam-packed show, Steve. I think we're going to need about three hours for the review section. Really? Yeah, I've okay. just been playing games. We've been playing games. You know those uh, those people who listen to podcasts on double speed? Right. Have you have you ever heard of people doing that? that some people... I have. I, yeah, I, I, I know it's a thing. Is it Can like that? No, I don't do it. No, uh, you know, I I prefer my podcast presenters to sound normal. <laughs> don't you? Me too. Yeah, absolutely. I just wonder whether you know maybe we could 
we could do the review section twice as long and then speed it oh, up. That's uh, not a bad idea. To speak to those people. Well, it's not a bad idea because you're you're doing the editing. Uh, yeah, well, evening, so. and, it, and it is a bad idea because I don't know how to do that. <laughs> uh, you just told, before the show, you told me all about your process in detail. No, I did. Uh, like you're an I, expert. Yeah, but, but none of that process involved speeding up audio, did it? True. Very true. Very true. Okay, fine. Let's uh, let's stick to normal speed. Are you? Shall we get on with it then? If it's going to be a jam-packed show, <laughs> let's get on with it and then realise we've got nothing to say half an hour in and start filling. Shall we? Yeah. Uh, no. It, let's do it. Here's the news. Right, Simon, I've got two stories, so if you've got three, you should start. Uh, from VideoGamesChronicle.com, posted by Tom Ivan. Four guys will be going free to play on June 21st when the game will be released for Nintendo Switch and Xbox consoles. The title will also be released via the Epic Games Store on the same date. The news was leaked via an in-game video in Fortnite shortly before its official announcement during a live stream on Monday. Four Guys will support cross-platform play and cross-progression on all platforms. Existing owners will receive a free legacy pack when the game goes free-to-play. It will include free costumes and access to Season 1's new Premium Season Pass, which will run alongside a free Season Pass. It was also announced on Monday that a new mode enabling players to create their own Four Guys rounds is in development, although it's not planned for release in the near future. Epic Games acquired Tonic Games Group, the parent company of Four Guys developer Media Tonic, for an undisclosed sum last year. So there we go, Steve. Um, we've seen Epic do this before, haven't we? Have we? Well, they bought Rocket League. That was a game what ah, you had to pay money for and is now right. free to play. Um, and so um, whilst uh, it was big news, uh, it, uh, it, it, it isn't really a surprise. Um, good news, though, I would say. I um, We talked about Fall Guys and its insane success uh, when it originally launched. Um, and I think I probably mentioned about how jealous I was of it um, and how much it annoyed me. Um, but uh, so I've, I've, I've been keeping clear of it um, mm. since since then uh, i'll be going back in i think having a, having a look around seeing seeing what they've uh, what they've done with the old game yeah it uh, it didn't surprise me either to hear this announcement in fact i was kind of surprising uh, surprised it took so long i sort of assumed it had already happened uh, very because... very easy to do steve in the, <laughs> in, the, in, in the back end you just set price to zero yeah but that that you know that's you being facetious as always but it is kind of easy for Epic to do, uh, or at least easier than most places, uh, because they've got the systems in place, they've got the people in place to do this, and they know how to do it better than anyone. And that game is made for this, right? Like, it's it's um, the most free-to-play-ish of uh, Fortnite and Rocket League and that. It's it's such a uh, accessible title. Um, yeah, and I'm sure it'll do super, super well uh, as well. Yeah, it's good news. Um, I think predominantly that they are going to be introducing cross-platform progression, so uh, it'll be free on all formats, and you can play it on your f- on your preferred platform. Steve, what will that be for you? For me, it will be no platform because long-time listeners to One Life Left will know that I played Fall Guys and I didn't really get on with it. Um, I mean, I'm sure it's improved since then. Um, I'm also sure I'm wrong because millions and millions and millions of people love it, but the same is true of a lot of games that uh, I also don't like. So um, I won't be going back in, but you will be able to be our One Life Left reporter and report back, won't you? I will do, Steve. I am going to say something now, which I will not do, but I have been thinking about a new regular feature, a Mm pre-recorded feature we could drop in. Uh, And and maybe Four four Guys will be part of that. Who knows? I'm excited to not hear that in the future. All right, I'll do a new story. This is from Eurogamer.net, and it is by regular contributor to the show, Vicky Blake, who 
presumably does not know that they are a regular contributor to our show. EA is reportedly pursuing acquisition and merger options with, quote, a number of potential suitors. Uh, The first line of the article says just that. That's according to Puck, which yesterday revealed that EA has been persistent in pursuing a sale with a number of companies, including... Which four companies are cited here, Simon? I did read this earlier, Steve. <laughs> and I uh, like many things. It's just I read it. It went in it went in my brain and then disappeared. Three it's, three it's, of them are companies I reckon if, if I asked you to just name the biggest media companies or, or, or you know, the biggest companies, companies who'd like to acquire stuff, you'd probably get. Is it uh, is is it Disney? That's one of them. Um is the other one uh Warner? No, but Time, there is whoever NBC Universal, right. so I'll let you have that. Thanks, right. and then and then someone else who would be Amazon and Apple. Oh uh, right, yes. Apparently, they've been emboldened in the wake of the Microsoft Activision deal. Um, who have those four companies or EA? <laughs> unclear. Just right. People, people generally, they're a little bit bolder yeah. these days. Uh, we don't comment on rumours and speculation relating to mergers and acquisitions, EA spokesperson John Reesberg told the media in a statement. Thanks, Kotaku, says Vicky. Uh, we're proud to be operating from a position of strength and growth with a portfolio of amazing games built around powerful IP made by incredibly talented teams and a network of more than half a billion players. We see a very bright future ahead, said EA spokesperson doing his spokesperson job very, very well uh, oh, at that abso- point. That's, um, that quote is absolutely... I would imagine that that spokesperson is wearing lots of lipstick and blusher <laughs> and is uh, um, flirting with his eyes, his or her mm. eyes, uh, saying, yeah, they, well, it sounds like they're getting bought then, doesn't it, Steve? I mean, yeah, they, the, the subtext of that is, you know... I can't say anything about this, but we are very, very pretty. <laughs> exactly. We are very... I would, <laughs> says John Rieserberg. Um So, yeah, I mean... The ultimate irony, of course, would be... Because EA uh, has bought a lot of studios, many of which it has shut down. Um, mm. You know, I remember when they bought um, PopCap, uh, no longer with us. Um, several other studios. Lionhead, uh, of course. Lion, yeah. So the irony would be, well, I don't know. Maybe there's a bitter ex-employee from one of those studios that now works at Amazon. Molyneux. Molyneux works at Amazon. He's got <laughs> he's got EA in his in his, in his in his probably on his on his public wish list. Uh, so if you wanted to what what to buy Molyneux for his birthday, you can browse that. And it just says EA, and then he's going to buy them and close them down. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, next, Simon. Sega has said it's targeting high review scores for its next flagship Sonic the Hedgehog game, Sonic Frontiers, set for release in holiday 2022 for Xbox Series XS, Xbox One, PS5, PS4, Switch and PC. The open world Frontiers is Sega's most ambitious Sonic title for some years. Asked during a recent analyst and investor Q&A session about its quality targets for the game and if it had any target scores for review aggregation sites such as Metacritic, Sega Sammy's CEO... Haruki Satomi and CFO Kuichi Fukuzawa confirmed that this is the case. We've set internal (laughs) targets as the correlation between scores of the external evaluation organisation and sales is high in Europe and North America, they said. If the game gets a high score, it can become a must-buy game and possibly generate synergy with sales. So we are currently working hard to improve the quality of the game towards its sales for the holiday season. So, a couple of uh, interesting tidbits for you there, uh, Steve. First of all, shouldn't they be working hard anyway? And doesn't that then imply that it's not very good at the moment? (laughs) Nothing. Um, I mean, Simon, you work in game development. Nothing's any good until suddenly it's good. That's true. That's true. Um, But most interestingly was the quote, uh, we've set internal targets as the correlation between the scores of external evaluation organisations and sales is high in Europe and North America, they said. What does that imply? It implies it's not high in other parts of the world. 
Well, so over in Asia, they'll buy any old rubbish. That's what they're saying. I assume they were talking about Antarctica, where they don't have options, you know. It's just whatever's on the shelves of their local Antarctican GameStop. Um, yeah, so that's a nothing new story, uh, isn't it? Like, they want high scores, so they're going to seek high scores by setting an internal target, which says, yeah, we want this to get a high score. Um, but I did this week, Simon, in fact yesterday, chance upon the trailer for Sonic Frontiers. Okay. I, I fancied a Sonic game. I was kicking around on Steam, as you do, looking for a game to play, uh, and I thought, oh, I wonder what Sonic's up to. So I had a look, because I, I remembered there's a Sonic game coming out soon, isn't there? Like, this month. I, I, ho- I hope that they have high internal targets for it. <laughs> well, I think it's... it's it, I, I don't really know what it is. I think it's another collection of oh, old Sonic yeah, games. Yeah, yeah, um, And I had a look, and then I saw Sonic Frontiers. So I clicked it. Have you, lo- have you seen the trailer for this? I have, yeah. We, um, I watched it when it was a when it day, yeah, when it premiered. Um, right. Uh, so some some big games event, wasn't it? Probably something had to do with it's Sonic. Jeff. It's Sonic, and he he's running through a big old forest. And that was it. What, what's he like? <laughs> well, he's fast. And he's blue. <laughs> he's uh, theoretically a hedgehog. Yeah, so uh, it's an open world Sonic game, is it? Is that their their thing? Yeah, Sonic of the Wild. That's I mean, it looks, right. it looks very okay. similar, doesn't it? So yeah. So it was either going to be that or hundred Sonics dropped on an island, wasn't it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So if they get high scores, then you know maybe it will sell well. <laughs> Good luck. All right. Here's uh, here is a, another news story. Uh, this is the news story I, I, I selected, but it wasn't really to do with the news story, which I thought was interesting to you, but more to do with the fact I don't understand what this is. Fallout 4 mod, set in London, features the voices of two classic Doctor Whos. Do you know who these Doctor Whos, Doctor Whoms are, Simon? Uh, Sylvester McCoy and Tom Baker. Yeah, so have you, have you is seen it? this? Is, is it? Was... Yeah. yeah, of course it is. Okay, well, I didn't know that was it. Come on, what do I get for that? Uh, no, sorry, it's not Tom Baker. It's the other Baker. Colin. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Um, so, so uh, well, I've now answered my uh, question. It's a fan project. An incredibly impressive mod for Fallout 4 called Fallout London, first revealed last year, has shown off 20 minutes of gameplay. All mods are equal, but some mods are more equal than others, writes... Uh, oi, uh, uh, hmm... Wazin Kunke. I may have said your name wrong. I'm really sorry. They're a contributor to VG247.com. A new gameplay trailer shows off uh, the first 20 minutes with a classic style opening, a slideshow explaining what happens when the bombs dropped in London. Uh, Then, of course, you're in some mysterious lab. Uh, And it's really impressive for a fan project, apparently. Um, I knew nothing about this. No. But obviously, well, presumably you had to be in Doctor Who to be told about it. <laughs> Apparently so. Um, yeah, have you? did you ever get into Fallout, Simon? Steve, I bought Fallout 4 at the weekend. Well, that's convenient. What do you think? I haven't started playing it yet, of course. Of course. Um, All right. Why did you do that then? Because I'm just buying loads of games at the moment, Steve. I'm just buying loads and loads and loads of games that I optimistically think that I'm going to play now because I play so many games all of the time. Okay. Um, what specifically, though, made you buy Fallout? Well, uh, it's for the Steam Deck, of course. I've been just been I've just been buying it presents. The uh, Steam Deck, you know, we we haven't known each other for a week yet, so we're still in the full flurries of love. Um, and what I've been thinking about is uh, big blockbuster games uh, from a few years ago uh, that I can sink my teeth into, mm-hmm. uh, and Fallout Four was one of them. Great. I'm, I'm watching the trailer now. Um, there's a lot of bomb shelter, shelter stuff, and then you emerge into the outside world and you get on a tube train. And then the tube train, uh, which doesn't look in very good condition, honestly, starts moving and carries you through London, which is yeah, it's pretty impressive. Mm. Um, yeah, so there we go. Looking forward to trying to find my house in that 
uh, and hopefully it'll be more successful than when I found tried to find my house in Assassin's Creed and the map ended just before I got to it. Talking of Assassin's Creed, Steve, uh, Ubisoft <laughs> has confirmed that its Ubisoft Plus subscription service is coming to PlayStation with an Ubisoft Plus Classics range coming to PlayStation Plus. It's from videogameschronicle.com uh, again, posted by Chris Scullion. So, we all remember how easy it is to uh, remember exactly what uh, tiers we're getting on PlayStation with our subscriptions, So, which starts next month, Steve, don't we? Remember, there's the Classic and then the other two. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, uh, just as we've got t- uh, to grips with that, uh, Chris continues. Ubisoft Plus is a paid subscription service which gives players access to over 100 games, including new games on day one and DLC for $14.99, tw- uh, £12.99 and €14.99 Euros per month. Ubisoft has already confirmed that the full subscription version of Ubisoft Plus is coming to Xbox, and now it's confirmed for PlayStation 2. However, the publisher will also be adding a number of older titles to the new PlayStation Plus's extra and premium tiers in a new selection called Ubisoft Plus Classics, it announced on Monday. There'll be 27 Ubisoft Plus Classics available on PlayStation Plus when the new service launched, uh, launches, it says, and Ubisoft expects this to reach 50 by the end of the year. The full list of Ubisoft Plus Classic games on PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium on day one includes uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, For Honor, The Crew 2, Child of Light, Eagle Flight, etc, 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 etc. So there we go, Steve. Your, uh, your uh, Premium and... Extra uh, subscription service just got a whole new load of games. <laughs> so this is um, another step for video games towards uh, the model of TV, right? We're, we're all now just subscribing to Netflix and Disney and Amazon and all of those things. So in addition to PlayStation Plus, we now have to subscribe to Ubisoft. Uh, sort of. You don't have right. to if you want the classic games, but if you want day one games, you have to. Okay. Uh, Got that? I, I, mean, I do, but I currently don't have a next-generation console, so I also don't care. Um, although, presumably, I can do this on PC. Is this a PC thing as well? It's they been have a PC to, thing for, yeah, for a for while. Years. Right, okay. Um, how, many, how many of these services do you subscribe to, Simon? Let me count them for you, Steve. Okay. Uh, PlayStation Plus. Mm-hmm. I paid. Uh, I bought that originally because I wanted to transfer the Ghost of Tsushima um, save game, and that cost me money. Um, I wanted to transfer it between my PlayStation Four and PlayStation mm-hmm. Five, which you can only do if you've got cloud saves enabled, which you can only do if you're a PlayStation Plus subscriber. Uh, I've now stacked that with a PlayStation Now sir, um, subscription, uh, which will mean that I will get PlayStation Plus Premium when that launches next month. I subscribe to Xbox Game Pass Ultimates, which I got by doing the £1 trick, uh, and that runs through until the middle of next year, which gives me Xbox. So, so I've got all the PlayStation games covered. Xbox, I get uh, Xbox and PC games and cloud games. Uh, and I think that is it. I've toyed with the idea of subscribing to EA Play, but that is also, as you well know, is also included in mm-hmm. um, your Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subscription, but that means you can only play your PC games in the cloud. <laughs> it's, it's really, really straightforward, Steve. <laughs> uh, I will not subscribe to the Google one, uh, no matter how many times they tell me that you can play Knights of the Old Republic in it. Right. <laughs> and threes, apparently. Great. Wow, his, great. His £4.99. I'm <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, I mean... it. It is bewildering to me, and you wonder how many people are just sort of subscribe out of exhaustion. Um, for, I don't really understand oh. what I'm getting for this, but I know I'm getting stuff, so I might as well. Sorry, I, I also forgot to say that uh, the Nintendo Switch Premium as well. Um, so yeah, play play all, uh, subscribe to all, play none. So Disney don't do anything like this, do they? Games-wise? Games-wise. No. But you would assume they're going to, right? Disney don't have any games, do they? That's true. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) I can cut this bit if you like, Steve. I'm not going to. That's true. In fact, maybe we'll pull it out as an audiogram. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, interesting, huh? I bet. I bet they they did. I bet bet they're regretting closing down their game division. Exactly. All those Disney execs that listen to One Life Less go, "Huh? 
Yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, Any more news stories? Not really. No. Not from me either. Thanks, Simon. One life left. Video game news with Anne Scantleberry. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tell us about Nordic Game then, Steve. So Nordic Game is uh, one of the conferences that I've been going to for the longest. It takes place in Malmo in Sweden, which is just across the bridge from Copenhagen. Um, And I go there every year and do a talk. And we also tend to do Marioki there as well. Of course, it hasn't been happening for the last couple of years because of COVID. Um... And I've done the conference online during that period. It always feels a bit weird doing your talk to a um, to a webcam and socialising on Discord. But that's not the case anymore. Um, while there is an online component to it, like most events these days, uh, everyone was back in the slaughterhouse in Malmo. Uh, and it felt genuinely, for the first time, it felt like the first event uh, that I've attended since... Restrictions were eased, um, I don't want to say after COVID, but restrictions have been eased after, after, I don't know, what is it after? It's not after COVID, is it? Because COVID's still around. After lockdown, I suppose. Um, yeah, it's it's the first event that felt quite normal. So I did my talk there. My talk this year was a kind of, uh, a roundup almost or at least an in-person version of the talk that I've been doing online for the last couple of years, which was a confession session where people write in their games industry confessions. I read them out and absolve them, although this time I brought six volunteers up on stage to read those confessions out, and I forgave them there and then whilst confessing some things myself uh, and wrapping it up in some thoughts about what guilt is and how we can best deal with it. And then um, on Thursday night, we did a big, big, big party. Uh, And we, well, initially we suffered some severe technical problems because the internet there was terrible. But eventually, uh, 5G saved us. We tethered to someone's mobile phone and ran probably the best Marioki we've done uh, in the last couple of years, uh, which was, yeah, phenomenal. So really, really grateful to... Nordic Game and to uh, Marioki's sponsors, i3d.net. They were fantastic. The sponsor uh, stood at the front of Marioki all night and got me gin and tonics when I asked. Oh, was, that's, that's all you want from a sponsor, yeah, it isn't it? was absolutely perfect sponsor behaviour. Oh, hang on a minute, uh, though. But you're, but you're saying that you had to ask. I mean, what a good sponsor should be doing is knowing. I had to ask at the start, but by okay. the end, they were just being lined up for me, which was... Uh, fantastic. <laughs> at the end, you were just holding up an empty glass, pointing at just, it, just... and then hooking your thumb. <laughs> Get over there. And um, and yeah, the crowd was just exceptional. Like uh, it was, it was a big room full of people singing along. So it was great. I wish you could have been there, Simon. Um, if only because I know it is your favourite time of the year to have to see me talk, and then to have to listen to people <laughs> saying nice things about my talk. Yeah, one of my favourite things to do, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I did genuinely miss more than anything, uh, miss more than anything your resentment 
<laughs> just this is the last thing he needs is people coming up to him and saying this sort of thing. So yeah, it's all right. It's all right. Well, I, I'm yeah. pleased that you were able to enjoy it. I enjoyed it despite with that. your people. What was and can you say what the what the confessions were? Well, what was what the, the confessions or, that I talked? Or just about. give us an example of something that someone confessed. I almost sent one in. Really? Um, <laughs> yeah, but I think I, I yeah, it's too risky for me. Yeah, too, so too risky. We had um, we had some of them were confessions. I think three of them were confessions along the lines of I'm working at a studio on this game and either I don't like it or I don't feel like I've done my best work on it because I feel demotivated by some of the people above me or um, I feel a bit like the work that I'm being put in is a waste of my time. Um, and so I, I talked a bit about how as part of bigger teams at studios, we're often encouraged to think that the end thing is the only thing, but actually there's two other things. There's there's one, there's your part of the thing, which is often hard for observers to see, but you know what that is. And there is a pride to be taken in making that as good as it can be, but also there's the things that you learn along the way. And if you sort of see every project as a milestone on the way to your next project and ultimately the game that you really, really want to make. That's a good way of dealing with that, uh, I think. What did I confess? I confessed... (laughs) I confessed uh, that um, seven years ago someone was very mean to me at a games industry party and that has accounted for several songs I've written for Marioki about his work one of which was sung at Marioki last night, and I told this story again as an intro to it. But funnily enough, Simon, mm. it was you who wrote that song. That's because I will not stand people being rude to you, Steve. <laughs> Thank you, Simon. Thank you. You know, and I, I hid behind I, that as a shield for a long time, but now I'm, <laughs> now well, I'm I mean, happy. My, my ideal scenario is you being surrounded by absolute indifference i don't want to be praised or criticized right because they both those things annoy me i would be content with that as well people just shrug then that's what makes that would that's my perfect state truthfully though there is sort of like beyond finding it quite funny uh, that i've done this i think there is a bigger uh learning opportunity there which is it is it is sometimes hard to read criticism or to feel a moment like that when it happens and when he was rude to me at this party it was difficult to deal with because he's a very senior member of the games industry and he was rude to me in front of a lot of my friends and it felt pretty bad at the time but the way I find to deal with that sort of thing is by owning it like by going okay this has happened and the way I move forward in that is by going cool what I'm gonna do now is just really hold a grudge and write some mean marioki songs about <laughs> about him and his games. Um, what was um, what was the song I wrote? Uh, Amy Winehouse. I was go- yeah. I was going to guess. I was going to yeah. guess. Right. Yeah. Uh, Back to black. But the uh, the <laughs> the other one which I didn't talk about at Nordic Game, but I have talked about before, uh, possibly on the show, is um, that someone <laughs> after one of my talks. Actually, I did talk about this at Nordic Game, but uh, after one of my talks, I googled for what people thought about it. And they had referred to my talk as an hour of nothing, which, you know, stung a little at the time. Although, you know, me, can... that would make me happy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Was it you under one of your alts? It's possible. <laughs> uh, but now I was like, how am I going to deal with that? And I have now folded that into my bio for conferences, which oh, says, yeah, uh, I've, be- I've written talks that have been variously described as something good and an hour of nothing, which does two things, Simon. It allows me to deal mentally with this person saying this and anyone who says similar things in the future, but it also lets people know what to expect. It really sets the bar. Uh, so if they do feel that, it's like, well, I did kind of warn you. Well, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm angry at that person now. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'll, try, I'll hunt them down and write a song about them too for you, Steve. Thank you, Simon. Should we rock on with the letters? Uh, let's do it. Okay, so I am diving into the 
letters section of the Discord. If you find it, if you find it challenging to send us an email, which you can do by emailing team at onelifeleft.com. But I understand why you don't, because Simon, I don't know about you, but I I'm finding it increasingly different difficult to manage my email. I barely look at it these days, and maybe that's the problem because I'm sure our listeners are, you know, youngsters. Millennials, Gen Z, and the like, and they'd rather TikTokers uh, or whatever. We don't do TikTok yet. Uh, if you want to be our TikTok manager, get in touch. But what we do do is Discord, and that's a halfway house. You can go there and you can drop in to the mailbag channel and you can write a letter. Uh, no one's done that though over the last week, so. Well, someone who did last week but um, uh, forgot to send it to us was Chris Convoy, uh, who wrote, Dear team, and... Uh, I don't know whether that's a deliberate uh, joke there um, or whether he's realised that we aren't going to have a, a super special guest for, <laughs> I don't want for a while. <laughs> the clear-out continues, and on the website built on the foundations of broken laser pointers, I've so far managed to sell a graphics card with an intermittent fault, a Sega Mega Drive 2, least popular of the brood, that may or may not work, and a set of Cha-Cha Amigo maracas that, even though they do work, will probably only be used once by the new owner. So far, no one has bid on the Atari uh, 2600 pole position manual, Speculative, or your Sinclair and Sinclair user incorporating crash mags that I'm testing the market with. But if a broken graphics card can sell, there's hope yet. What's the most surprisingly successful sale you've ever made on eBay? What have you surprised yourself by buying? What auctions have you accidentally and regretfully won? Your clutter capitalizing correspondent, Chris Conroy. Chris, it's a very good question. I have um, here. Uh, something that I bought on uh, eBay. Uh, do you remember this uh, handheld? Oh, it's Absolutely. Not um, I bought this off uh, eBay a few years ago, and it's just nice to have uh, at you know within arm's reach. Uh, it's called Astro Wars. It's a, a Galaxian style uh, shoot 'em up. The aliens come shooting down. I'm still great at it. Um, it's a LCD screen-based thing, isn't it? Like Game and Watch style, move left and right in um, in chunks. It's very yeah. It's very dusty though. Crikey, I need to give that a little bit of a clean. Yeah, I went through um, a period of rebuying all the things I'd thrown out, um, and Astro Wars was one of them, along with uh, the Grandstand handheld scramble, uh, electronic detective. Uh, and a couple of other bits and bobs. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe the lesson there is to not throw anything out in the first place. Well, that is a good segue into uh, where I found myself this week. And this is a good follow-on as well from last week's letters section. So, uh, we talked about Donkey Konga last week, didn't we? We did. Mm. I, I, I can't really answer Chris's question directly because I... I don't really use eBay. I don't know that I've ever bought anything from eBay, and I certainly don't sell things on eBay. I hoard things. So I have cupboards uh, and a um, well, soon-to-be-cleared-out um, office full of all my old Edge magazines, loads of old PS2 video games, every generation of uh, video games, many of which are still sealed. And for the last, well, 15 years, I've had Donkey Konga uh, around this home not knowing what to do with it Simon it's just there it's not valuable it's not worth anything really um, but it, I can't throw it out and then after I think during last week's show I thought why don't I play it so actually this week I, um, I've i got a, 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 a GameCube to PC adapter uh, huh. for the for the for the pad, uh, because I wanted to play F-Zero GX with the original pad, so I bought that some years ago. So I set that up, and I downloaded Dolphin. I went through a convoluted process to rip my original disc uh, and get the ISO of the uh, Donkey Konga GD-ROM onto my PC. I, I believe you, Steve. Many, many others wouldn't. And then uh, I was able to play Donkey Konga for the first time ever uh, on my PC. Yeah, how long did you play it for? About three and a half minutes. Yep. <laughs> yep, about three and a half minutes. And then wrapped the cable around the Donkey Kongas and thought, OK, 
come back to this. Right. It's got tape Maybe. that's back for good in it. Does it? Does it, it does. now? What was it? Um, what was the emulation like then? I mean, because because I, I, whenever I've you know, whenever I've uh, backed up my copy of Parappa the Rapper in order to play it mm-hmm. on a PlayStation emulator, um, particularly with rhythm action games, if the emulation if the emulation is not spot on, uh, it really really makes it uh, leaves a sour taste in the mouth. So yeah, how was Donkey Konga? So I think in, for Parappa the Rapper, it matters less because the syncing was terrible on the original of that anyway. Um, unfortunately, that was the problem. Um, yeah. So I played it for three minutes, and the emulation is great; like it's it's pretty much spot on. But the um, delay there's a, there's a mild delay on the sound, and I don't know if that's a TV syncing issue. You know how these days on rhythm action games, you get a you usually get a moment at the start to to sync, sort of sync yeah. your audio with your video. That obviously isn't present. So, uh, there are settings you can play with in INI files to set that. And that was my, I'll come back to this. Will I go back to it? I don't know. It it did look very old. Uh, <laughs> it looked very old. I, I also ran uh, Super Monkey Ball on Dolphin and was surprised how visually different it is mm. from the remastered version. The remastered version on PC looks like that original looks in your head but when you play the um, the GameCube version, yeah, it's not nearly as, as shiny or sharp. Never go back. I um, I was messing around with emulation this week and I fired up Eco, uh, mm. a game uh, that I finished, a game that brought me to tears um, and um, yeah... <laughs> It's not as good as I remember it, is it? <laughs> Brought me to tears for a different reason. Yeah. Could talk, yeah, I, I mean, that was the first game to give me the real physical sense of being in a location. To be standing in a, in a, you know, in a, in a place in this castle and to look at a different place and then find yourself in that place looking back at this, this uh, fairy tale, uh, fairy tale tower. And I've got that a lot from Elden Ring. Right. Uh, recently, like adventuring through the castles there and thinking, oh, this reminds me of Eco, and I had exactly that thought that I thought if I, I bet if I go back and play Eco, it won't remind me of Elden Ring. <laughs> no, never go back. Uh, is that it for letters? That is certainly it for letters. We do need more letters, so if you have anything on your mind, please email team at onelifeleft.com. This is One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're a video game radio show. I should talk briefly as well about Marioki, uh, which we did at Nordic, as I said, and was brilliant. But we returned to uh, to Peckham yesterday for the first ever time on a Saturday. First ever Marioki, as far as I'm aware, on a Saturday evening. Did you have to set your your video recorder to um, to capture Ant and Dex Saturday Night's <laughs> takeaway? Did you? Yeah, obviously it felt very different, Simon, being there. Uh, and I was worried, you know, about competition with Ant and Dex Saturday Night Takeaway. Uh, I was worried about the attendance, but I needn't have been. It was a fantastic night. Uh, so many regulars and so many new people. It was the first Mariochi I reckon in. Uh, well, first Marioki in two days to feel normal, but the first Marioki <laughs> in about three years to feel normal. Uh, it was a busy, busy, busy bar. Really, really excited about uh, the future of Marioki in Peckham and at Loading as well. So please, 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 if you um, if you fancy a night of singing pop songs about video games, get yourself down to uh, Loading Peckham for our next gig in June. I don't know the date of that yet. Uh, but I will talk about that closer to the time on the radio show. And if you are interested, join our Marioki Discord. What happened to the screen? <laughs> um, so I saw I saw a comment on uh, on Twitter. So we just come off the back of a I can't remember which song it is, but quite a politicised song, and then we were going straight into Good Charlotte's the anthem which uh, the Marioki version, again, is quite politicised. So everyone was quite excited and G'd up. 
and uh, our friend and regular Ron, uh, who used to crew our events in Switzerland but now lives in London, he stepped up on stage. He um, took the mic out of the mic stand and jumped up just as the song kicked in and the mic caught on something, swung around uh, and swung, pivoted in his hand and swung straight into the middle of the screen and smashed it. And, oh my goodness, I thought that, I mean, it probably did for the TV. Uh, It was, you know, it was done. And I thought, well, that's going to be a problem. But the tech team, um, Gray and uh, James Scott and, of course, Weasel Spoon, were phenomenal all night. That wasn't the first casualty of the night. One of our earlier singers had broken the mic stand and... uh, you know that thing you see at gigs where you're doing a show, uh, where you see a band doing a show, and you see a roadie shuffle on and change the kit, and then shuffle. Weasel Spoon did that. I've never felt as much like a rock star in my life. Excellent. And then um, for the TV, did the same thing. Uh, TV. He went, carries a spare. Carries a spare TV. A spare Does spare TV. Surprise yeah. me. Then at the end of the night, someone spilt a pint on um, on Gray's laptop. I say someone, I think... It, no, I think Gray spilt an, a pint on James Scott's laptop, something like that. Uh, so it was one of those nights, but it didn't matter. We got through all of that. The tech team were phenomenal. The audience were amazing. Every single singer absolutely killed it. Uh, and, yeah, it was a fantastic night, so... Well, very, it sounds like carnage. Excited. It sounds it like carnage. carnage, and I like your optimism in saying, "Hey, no, we will be back next month. We just don't. No, we haven't got a date. Yet. Loading haven't given us a date yet for some. <laughs> no, no, we are. No, we are going back. We're just waiting for a date. Just waiting for a date. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Apparently, oh, Jim, yeah. Jim Jimmy saw the photo of the smashed TV on online and was did send a concerned text to one of the uh, bar staff, but that TV had been through it before, and we were due a replacement. So. It's all it's all fine. Good, right. Uh, let's crack on with the reviews. Simon, it sounds like you've got a lot to do this um, this show. Steve, so get yes. on with well, it. Well, let's talk. Let me introduce you to my best friend, uh, the Steam Deck, which I'm holding up. Um, for Steve to see now and what mm. he can't actually really do is get a sense of the size of it the thing with the Steam Deck um, I first saw one in San Francisco I saw one I held one I played some games on it um, and yet I was still surprised by the size of the thing when it turned up in my house mm. it is colossal um, and uh, very, very much a PC in your hand to the extent that I think as we arrived on Monday, I don't think I played any games on it really um, on Monday because you're just tinkering. You're just tinkering with bits here and there. You're finding out which bits work and which bits don't. Um, the Steam integration, as you'd imagine, is absolutely seamless and that works very well. The challenge comes in getting a, uh, a Linux handheld to play um other launchers uh like the epic games launcher uh where i have a number of free games and and, and a few paid for games uh, so i was keen to get that up and running origin um is a right old faff uh, to get going as well uh you have to fl- flip between the sort of handheld simple view and a desktop mode and, and you're you're writing command prompts into a terminal and all of this sort of nonsense um is that just to install it though or do you have to do that every time you want to launch it no, once you've got, once you've tricked the OS into thinking that uh, the Epic Games Store is a is a, is a Steam game, um, then yeah, it's 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 a little clunky um, in terms of the you know the different stores don't have a unified control system, so you have to set that up as well. But once it's up and running, once you've got your games on there, be they from Steam, uh, be they from Origin, and be they from Epic, the three that I've got at the moment, it's an absolute technical marvel i cannot believe the um just the quality of these games running in handheld uh so i've tried god of war i've been playing final fantasy 7 uh picked up from where that where i left off on pc a few months ago uh i bought fifa stee um <laughs> I, I mean it was seven pounds so i think it was 7.99 at the moment and i thought oh, it'd be good to have a handheld football version and moving away from the switch which has got this sort of crippled version of of fifa to the grown-up one is it's night and day um 
The challenges cut. So, uh, yeah, so the challenges come from the battery life. Now, it's not left the house yet, so I've not been bothered by that. But looking at the overlay, um, it looks like uh, some of the games I'm playing will get about two hours on battery. Now, again, you know, I'm going to be on the train uh, or if you're on a plane, you'll have access to socket. So that's fine. Um, the other thing is going to be playing, uh, starting uh, starting FIFA on a plane. Uh, it's always checking in online when you launch and there doesn't appear to be a way of turning that off. So you either have to be always be playing FIFA or not play it uh, <laughs> if you don't have the internet connection. Um, but apart from that, yeah, it's just been spectacular. So um, I've got all my games ready to go. I've got Fallout 4 there. Once I've played Elden Ring, once I've played Dying Light, once I've finished Disco Elysium and Deathloop uh, and Batman and uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, etc., etc., etc. And they all run really nicely. Uh, but the um, the games I have been playing uh, this week, I played and finished Be- uh, Gibbon Beyond the Trees. We discussed it on the show we last week. We did Swingy Swingy Platformer. It's uh, it's a swingy swingy platformer. Um, it's very very simple um, in that you use two input methods. It's like an auto runner, but it's, if you imagine sort of Spider Man swinging as you're going through the trees, uh, short, pretty, um, uh, nice, uh, meaningful. Um, I think it took me about an hour to get through the main campaign, probably just over. I, I've not unlocked, <laughs> I've, so I haven't played the sort of new game mode because it recommends that you that you spend a day away from it um hmm. so so i did i went and played some other things and forgot to go back to it um but that was great uh yeah i enjoyed that um some really nice moments in it um and a powerful message seven out of ten circuit superstars another game i've had my mind my eye on for a while this is that this top-down isometric uh, racing game in the, in the in the style of something like micro machines but more mm. realistic and you know more uh, more skill involved in, in in the grand prix looks absolutely fabulous on the deck um i've been enjoying that a lot seven out of ten uh titanfall 2 i fired up um that runs fantastically well on the steam deck uh looking forward to getting stuck into that once i've finished all the other stuff i'm doing seven out of ten um yeah they're just full of games so uh it's already changed so i the the ability to um just quickly turn it on and pick up on final fantasy for um for a few minutes whilst your daughter's eating her many weetabix for example <laughs> um it's it's just uh, yeah it it, ch- it changes pc gaming for you you know it has this quick resume and quick suspend and um yeah, I find myself catching moments uh, where I'm 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 able to dive into these uh, to, to various games, and so yeah, what I thought I was going to do is actually do my reviews from now on in different places. Mm. Um, so I might record myself on the toilet for you for next week's show. Please do that. Uh, I mean, actually, don't. That is interesting. The sort of suspend and resume, and the kind of you can fit games in around your life, right? Which is obviously. A really great thing to do. I think it's interesting that the two you mentioned three games in the review section. You mentioned uh, the racy game, and you mentioned swingy swingy game, and the uh, uh, Titanfall as well, right? Mm. And those first two definitely fit with that kind of you've got five minutes, you can play something, and you can drop into it. The bigger games that you've mentioned as well that you're looking forward to playing on the Steam Deck, Titanfall. And uh, you know, Disco Elysium, for example, and uh, Fallout, whatever else, are those going to fit in in the same way? Are those going to be suspend and resume sort of five? Yeah, minutes yeah, oh, totally. Yeah, you just tap the power button and it sort of saves itself, and then when you go back on, you, you come back to it. It's exactly what I'm doing with Final Fantasy VII now. Obviously, that's I, not- I get that. I'm more, I'm more mean about the sort of game it is, though. Does it fit with that kind of way of playing it? Because they're not designed to be played for. I find when I sit. I, you can't play Elden Ring for three minutes, for example. Like, oh, I will be. Okay, good. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I'm going to play. I, I'm going to play it for three minutes and refund it. <laughs> I think we all know how that's going to go. Down. Yeah, certainly. All right. Um, so I have been playing uh, a couple of games this week. Uh, I've been playing Cat Cafe Manager, uh, which is just a nice, simple cat cafe management game on Steam. The reason I've been playing that is. I wanted a game that I could play with my daughter. I searched for Cat. I saw that. Came out this year. I think I've 
a month ago. So it's nothing spectacular, but the loops are pretty solid. Uh, and it eased me into the game quite nicely. And she's into it as well. Like, I was reading out the choices that you make. It's got some, you know, simple dialogue options. And then you slowly build out this cat cafe. Um, and it's, yeah, completely fine. Uh, 7 out of 10. But the uh, the Donkey Konga incident gave me exactly the circumstances I've been looking for for a while, uh, which is the circumstances I'm always secretly looking for, which is the chance to play F-Zero GX again. Um, so I uh, got my officially acquired ROM uh, ISO of that onto my PC as well. And excitedly discovered Simon, as the whole industry had a couple of years ago, um, I, I don't know, I think we talked about this story maybe at the time, that it's, it had been discovered that F-Zero AX, the arcade version of F-Zero, which comes with six new tracks and new drivers and a whole different unlocking setup, it's, it's essentially a different game set in the same uh, universe with the same tech, F-Zero AX was on the GD-ROM for F-Zero GX, just couldn't be accessed. Well, Blimey. some clever person has created a patch that you can apply to the ISO, and then when you boot up the ISO in Dolphin, it runs F-Zero AX. So, for the first time in 20 years, 20 years of craving playing that arcade um, game, you know there's a Google map, Simon, that shows where that arcade uh, is available in the world. Do you know where wow. it's available in the UK? Nowhere. Uh, Nowhere. Oh. Nowhere. You can't get it on these shores. Uh, and it's, well, it's you can know, get it around Steve Curran's house, though, by the sound You can it. get AX now on my TV, and I played it, and it is great. I mean, it's still F-Zero, and it's still the same game. Um, and you are playing it with the sort of confines of arcade-style uh, monetization. So you basically, you know, you, you play a time trial version or a... Um, or a or a race, and then it kicks you out and it gives you some credits. Uh, because I don't know if you remember Simon, but this you spent uh, you earn points that you can then spend on on unlocking drivers and ship parts and that sort of stuff. But yeah, there are six new tracks. What, parts, ship parts. Yeah, just just let's let's just clarify. This is the radio version rather than your rather than your sweary podcast bits. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Um, so yeah, it's great to, to be able to play six tracks that I've never played before. And that's not it, Simon. I found another patch that makes a modded version called F-Zero Unleashed, which I'm going to go back to this week, which apparently makes the story tracks playable as circuits as well. Uh, so I'm really excited, really happy to be playing that again. The only thing that could possibly make me happier is if Nintendo announced they were going to make F-Zero again, because there truly is nothing like that racing game. Nothing comes close. Uh, and if you are at home muttering wipeout, you are wrong. <laughs> Seven out of ten. Nice. How is uh, how is the emulation stuff these days? Is it is it is it reasonably easy to get up and running on? So I I mean I, I've only dabbled with Dolphin um, to 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 run Dolphin. It was absolutely it was incredibly simple. I downloaded it from their site, ran it, put the uh, ISO in the right directory and it was straight up there. It's not like MAME where you need to get a front end and 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 work out exactly how you're doing this. It, it's yeah, it's really nice and really professionally made. Uh, doing the patch to get AX unlocked was simple. Uh, you had to download a program to do the patching and download the patch. Running, <laughs> doing the patch to uh, apply the unleashed patch was not simple. That was copying over individual files over various things after unpacking the ISO and then repacking it up and I'm still not sure I've done that correctly but does we'll not find sound out like week. fun yeah I, I well the reason I ask is that I yeah I, I obviously want to also fill the steam deck up with lots of old system games as well that I will never play so I'm mm. hoping that it has become a little easier uh, to do but I'll still be typing in console commands I am sure I'm sure too, but I'm really glad you're enjoying that I mean obviously I'm personally disappointed because I was hoping I would get it in three weeks it's so time. good so good i'm going to finish final fantasy 7 remastered in time for the second game in the series they've stretched this out it's like when warner did the hobbit over three films they, they they're making three games out of this so she's still alive at the moment steve maybe she will be forever
Right, I think that's it. Brilliant. Uh, thank you so much, Simon. Really, really enjoyed today. Nice to see you. Nice to see you as well. We will be back in one week, but until then, goodbye! <laughs> Keep that in? Yeah, yeah, of course. Why not? Keep it all in.